Well, brothers and sisters, I'm grateful to be able to share the word with you today, and the word is going to come from Ephesians, the third chapter, the 14th verse. Ephesians, the third chapter, the 14th verse, and it reads as thus, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through the Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be fulfilled, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is in work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ, and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I ask that you would join me as I go to God in the word of prayer. I want to uh, share uh, a discernment subject, my prayer for you, my prayer for you. Let us pray. God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this moment that is yours. Grab a hold of me and use me to your honor and to your glory, God. Save somebody, heal somebody, deliver somebody, set somebody free. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Community of Hope family, all that are watching, this is my prayer for you. Look, it's an interesting thing. As a pastor, this has been an interesting season. And as a pastor, it's been, uh, in the past year, been a bit easier to pray. I don't want to say it's been easy to pray uh, because it's just been easy to get on my knees, but it's been easy to pray because it's been easy to know what to pray for. I mean, you know, I was praying for folks' health, and I was praying for folks' well-being, and I was praying for the safety of families, and I was praying uh, that God would be a healer in the sick room. I was praying uh, that God would uh, take care of folks' finances in the midst of this challenging season. All of those prayers, and prayers that I still feel are important um, and essential, but in this new season, as we have transitioned into 2021, as things, as we have transitioned administrations, as things are going to be turning a corner, we're not dealing necessarily with uh, some of the tensions of the old administration, and, and we appear to be trying to wrap our hands around and really grapple with uh, a firm plan and dealing with uh, this coronavirus. Uh, the, I'm dealing with the fact that we seem to be heading towards uh, a new normal uh, while nothing really is normal at all. And in the midst of all of that, I, I had to ask God, God, am I praying right? How should I be praying for your people? And what God did is God took me to scripture, had me to go to Ephesians, the third chapter in the 14th verse, so that I could see how another pastor prayed for his congregation in the midst of a rough situation. And Ephesians was written as a tribute to the Apostle Paul. And Apostle Paul was writing this while he was in jail in Rome. Apostle Paul was in jail in Rome. His charges were that he took a Gentile to the temple, that he took a non-Jewish person to the temple, and many attribute that to being a person who was out of this church in Ephesus. And so here we have Paul writing from jail, a jail in which he would eventually be killed, and here we have Paul writing to this congregation, this congregation that's concerned about his well-being, this congregation that is in the midst of all of this challenge, and yet and still, uh, he talks to them, and, and through the book of Ephesians, he talks to them about different 
situations, different circumstances. But here in chapter 3 and verse 14, he starts to pray for them. And it's interesting to me because I believe that the way that Paul prayed for them gave me a lesson about how I am praying for you all. And so I want you all to hear today, this is my prayer for you. And really not just for you, but for us. This is my prayer as pastor for our community. This is our my prayer for the community of Hope family, for anybody who is connected to us, anybody that's watching this. This is my prayer uh, for you. One, um, I believe that in this prayer, I'm praying that God does an inside job. That's right, one of the first things in my prayer is I'm praying that God does an inside job. Uh, if you look in Ephesians, that third chapter on that 14th verse, it says that I pray uh, that out of his riches that God may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And what gets me about that scripture is that Paul says, I pray that God with uh, uh, power through his spirit may strengthen you in your inner being. And one of my concerns uh, uh, with current theology, one of my concerns with theology over the past decade, maybe even the past two decades, is oftentimes we can get so caught up in telling you how to fight an outer enemy that we don't teach you about how to deal with an inner issue. Uh, the, the, it can be a challenge sometimes we're teaching you so much on how to deal with your haters and how to deal with your doubters and how to deal with the folks who are trying to control you. But can I let you know that your biggest battle is not against your haters. Your biggest battle is not against your doubters. Your biggest battle is not against those trying to control you from the outside. But the truth be told, your biggest battle is against self-hate. Your biggest battle is against self-doubt. And your biggest battle is against a lack of self-control. And what I realized here is that Paul understood that he wanted God to do an inside job on the people there at Ephesus. That he knew that I know that God, you can work something on the outside, but I need you to do something on the inside, that I need you with the power of your spirit to give them inner strength. And I'm coming by to talk to somebody today because I believe that God wants to give you inner strength. I believe that God wants to get you to the place in which you stop blaming everybody else for all this going on around you. And that doesn't mean that everybody else isn't doing stuff. That doesn't mean that everybody else isn't an issue. But I've come by to let you know that once you start to deal with the inside, it can help you to be able to fight the battles on the outside. Uh, one of the challenges, my brothers and my sisters, that we can get so caught up in all of those things outside of us uh, that even if God fought every enemy we have on the outside, if you have not dealt with your inner issues, your inner stuff, your inner challenges, then God can pave the way on the outside of you and you'll be the one that will sabotage everything right from the inside. Uh, but today I want to talk to you about, and I am praying for you that God will give you inner strength, that God will give you the kind of strength that allows you to go where God says go and allows you to say no when God says to say no and allows you to move when God says move and allows you to say yes to what God says to say yes to. But that takes inner strength, that takes intestinal fortitude, that takes power on the inside, power on the inside to tell yourself no when you know you want to do it, power on the inside to have discipline uh, to be able uh, to, to not succumb uh, to everything and anything. Power on some of us uh, would have more money if we had more intestinal.
intestinal internal strength to not spend your money on stuff you don't need and instead save and sacrifice so that you can have an inheritance for your children's children. Some of us would, would, would be a lot better off if we had more inner Strength. The first thing my prayer for you is that God does an inside job, that God does a work and God's power moves on the inside. Somebody say, God help me on the inside. God, do it on the inside. The second thing, my brothers and my sisters, that my prayer for you is I pray that you get the blueprint. One of the things I understand very clearly is if you're going to build something, a house or a building, uh, that you can't just go in and just start tacking stuff up, just start uh, sawing and just start nailing, uh, but you need to understand the blueprint. And not just the blueprint, you need to understand the dimensions of what you're building, how uh, wide things are going to be, how tall they're going to be, how long they're going to be, how deep the foundation is going to be, that you have to have a sense of the blueprint. And Paul understood this, and Paul prayed for uh, that congregation. He said, I pray uh, uh, th that you being rooted and established in love uh, may have power together with the saints uh, to, 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 to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love passes knowledge uh, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Uh, in other words, Paul said, look, I, I want you to be one so rooted in love. Now, you can't understand the dimensions of love until you get rooted in love. And he said, I want you to be so rooted and established in love that you start to begin to understand how wide and how long and how deep and how high is the love of Christ. And somebody today, that's what I want you to get to a place of, is I want you to get to a place that you get the blueprint, that you start to really understand the fullness of God's love. And, and you can only do that when you're rooted in love. Uh, the challenge is that many of us uh, want to be able to understand the fullness of God's love, uh, but we don't have any roots in any kind of love. Our roots are in hateration. Our roots are in scandal. Our roots are in talking about other folks. Our roots are in gossip. Uh, but, but those aren't roots. Those are weeds. And those weeds will kill kill what God is trying to grow in your life. That when you're always looking at and thinking about how to tear somebody else down or, or jealous of somebody else or envious of somebody else or always hating on somebody else, those are weeds uh, that can end up eating away at, tearing away at the roots God wants to have you to have in God's love. Uh, but when you start to be able to celebrate others and just not worry about what they have and, 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 and just are happy for other folks, and, and, and not hating on other folks, then that's when you can get your roots and your uh, and be established in love. And when you have your roots and are established in love, then that's when you can start to understand the blueprint. That's when you can start to see things more clearly. That's when you can start to understand the dimensions. That's when God can start to express to you how wide and, 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 and how long and, and how high and how deep is the love of God. And, and, and what I love about that, it says, that I want you to understand that so that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You see, at the time that you start to understand, start to grasp, start to get rooted, and that's when God can start to fill you with all of the measure of the fullness of God. And I don't know about you, but I want to get to a place in my life in which I am 
full of God, in which, in which I am overwhelmed with God's presence, in which I am overwhelmed with God's love, that I start to see God's love and how God has been so, when you're rooted in love and you start to love on others, and that's when you can start to really see how much God loves you, and when you start to see how much God loves you, then that's when you can start to really feel and, and be full of God's power. You can be full of God's grace. You can be full of God's mercy. You can be full of all all that God is because God is love and when you start to really get it it'll change your life why uh, because uh, uh, when I understand how much God loves me and start to walk in that and start to talk in that and start to live in that I treat myself better when I start to understand how wide and how long and, and, and how high and how deep God's love is I start to treat those I'm in relationship with better when I start to understand the dimensions of God's love the profundity of God's uh, patience and, and how much God loves me. It, it allows me to treat my family differently. It allows me to treat my co-workers differently. And I walk in a fullness. That, that, in other words, I'm not walking around empty all the time. I'm not walking around uh, feeling like I, I don't have anything to give. But, but when I understand the fullness of God's love, I become an overwhelming flow, an uh, overwhelming well uh, of God's goodness because I, I get the, the I've got the blueprint, and the blueprint is that I start to understand the fullness of God's love. And the third thing, my brothers and my sisters, I'm praying for you, and I believe that Paul was praying for this church at Ephesus, is that you stick around for the benediction. Now, I must admit, I must admit, we haven't been back to church for a while, but when we were at church, and churches all over the nation, talking to pastors all over the nation, there would be an interesting thing that would happen sometimes. The interesting thing that would happen sometimes was that after the sermon and after the altar call, some folks would start to tip out. They would start to tip out because they would want to beat the issues in the parking lot. They would want to be able to get out. They would want to think they had places to go. But we always taught at Community of Hope it's important to stick around for the benediction. The benediction is that final blessing. The benediction is that final prayer. The benediction is that final sealing to all that has gone on. And here we find in Ephesians that we see Paul giving a benedictory address that Paul at the end of his prayer says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, I must admit, I must admit uh, that the truth be told, uh, many times, I've read that scripture many times, I've read that scripture many times, and at certain points in my life uh, that, that I got stuck, I believe, in the wrong part of the scripture. Uh, the, the, when, when I got excited about that scripture because that scripture gave me great optimism. I get excited about the scripture because the scripture uh, gives me a great sense of hope of God's ability to move in my situation. And I believe that God is going to do it in my life and in your life, uh, that this scripture talks about now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to the power at work within us. It's mind-blowing to me because th that concept of the fact that God can do more, God have mercy, immeasurably more, more than I can measure, than all I can ask or imagine. In other words, that if I can think of it, that God can do way, way more. That if I can ask it, that God can do way, way more. And God can do it according to 
to the power at work on the inside of me. I, I, I got excited. I always got excited about that scripture because it talked about the fact that God could do more than I could ever ask for. It talked about the fact that, that God really had more in mind than even I could imagine. If it was in my imagination that God could do more, that God had the ability, I, my highest imagination, and God could do more for me than that. I'm talking about, y'all can see that, that scripture gets me excited. That scripture uh, gets me excited. Man, that scripture gets me excited. But I realized uh, that I was looking at that scripture uh, through a very young lens. I was looking at that scripture through a very young lens because that scripture, uh, I was looking at it uh, 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 about what I could get out of it, that I was looking at it and thinking about what God could do for me and that, that God, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, uh, that, that God could do so much for me. Uh, but then it goes on to say, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever, amen. And what I realized was that I got caught up in one piece of it, but I missed the nitty and the gritty of the scripture. Because the nitty and the gritty of the scripture wasn't what God did for me. The nitty and the gritty was that in all God does for me, that God gets the glory. And my question for you, my brothers and my sisters, my prayer for you, my brothers and my sisters, is that in your life, God be glorified. That's right, that I, 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 I prayed uh, today and I'm praying for you all. I'm praying uh, that God does an inside job. I'm praying that God gives you the blueprint, but I'm also praying uh, that in everything you do, God be glorified. And, and my question for you today is God getting the glory out of your life? The, the, I need you to ask yourself that question. That is one of the most important questions for you to ask yourself. Is God getting the glory out of my life? That, and what I do is God getting the glory. And how I live is God getting the glory. And how I talk is God giving the glory. The, the, and the things that I do is God getting the glory out of my life. Because uh, uh, Paul understood our I'm praying for this church at Ephesus, and I want them to know in this benedictory remark, in this benediction, that the, I, I don't want you to leave too early. You see, I was leaving before the full benediction was out. I was catching the piece of the benediction, but then I was gone. I was catching the piece that got me excited, but the fact of the matter is, I missed the part that got God excited. And, and, and my question for you, my brothers and my sisters, is that we walk around and we call ourselves a church and we call ourselves Christians, but the fact of the matter is that the many of us, the way we are living does not bring God glory, but it brings God shame because we're living lives in which we're one way on Sunday and another way on Monday and a, a different way on Wednesday and a different way on Friday and there's no consistency in our life and God doesn't get the glory. But I've come by to tell you that God's got to get the glory. One of the challenges, I believe, is that we've spent so much time teaching you all and teaching everyone about praise and worship uh, that we tell you to give God glory and you think that's something you do with your mouth, with your tongue. You think that's something you do verbally. Somebody give God glory. Hallelujah, glory. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Come on, give God glory and you clap and give God glory and you shout. And I don't mind any of that, uh, but that means nothing if you're not giving God glory with your life. That means nothing if you're not giving God glory with what you do. That means nothing if you're not giving God glory in the way you live. That means nothing if you're not giving God glory in your community and in your neighborhood and in your family 
family and in your household and your relationships and on your job that in everything you do that God should be glorified in my life good God Almighty God be glorified somebody today I, I want to give you that challenge ask yourself in my life is God being glorified in this decision I'm about to make will God get the glory out of it in the statement I'm getting ready to say to this person who just got on my nerves will God get the glory out of it you need to be asking yourself in all that you do how does God get glory out of this the way I'm about to respond to this person how does God get glory out of this the post I'm about to post on social media how does God get glory out of this the thing I'm about to say in this conversation on the phone how does God get glory out of this my prayer for us all is that God will get the glory don't leave before the benediction don't get so caught up on the fact that God can do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine no 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 but get caught up on the fact to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever you know it says throughout all generations because it's not just does God get the glory in my life does God get the glory in my generations will God get the glory in my children and my children's children how does God get the glory in your children and your children's children because they learn to glorify God by the way you live but if all they learn to do is bust it by the way you live uh, then you wonder why their life is all busted up but no they need to get to learn how to glorify God in the way you live and therefore they can end up giving God the glory and glorifying God in their lives I need you to glorify God in your living in a way that it passes down through your generations that is just what they know to do because they've watched you do it if they've watched you be a hater they'll be a hater if they watch you give God glory in your life they'll glorify God in theirs Brothers and my sisters, my prayer for you is in your life, God be glorified. Look, if you've never accepted Jesus, the Lord and Savior of your life, that's one of the best ways to get connected and glorify God in your life is by giving your heart, your life to him. And if you've never accepted Jesus, the Bible says God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is not about you being perfect. To give God glory in your life is not about being perfect because all of us are sinners saved by grace. But at Community of Hope, we say it all the time. We're the Community of Hope where everyone has a chance. We don't care who you are, what you've done, who you did it with. Don't care if you did it last night or woke up doing it this morning. But when you're watching us, when you're connected with us, you're in the right place at the right time to become all that God has called you to be. And we believe, we believe in our heart, God's got a blessing with your name slam on it. If you're not saved and you need to give your life to Christ, today's your day, make that decision. Uh, if you're already saved but you need a church home, today's your day, make that decision. We want you to get connected to the body. If you need to rededicate your faith, today's your day, make that decision. Come on, I want you to be honest with yourself. If God's not being glorified in your life, 
You may be saved. You may have a church home, but yet you need God to be glorified. I, I'm going to pray for you as well. Make that decision. But today, let God be glorified in your life. If you're accepting Christ or uh, making community of hope, your church home, just click the link or a uh, text hope decision. Hope Decision, one word, to 474747. Text Hope Decision to 474747. We want to get connected, follow up with you, get you plugged in. We want to make sure God gets all the glory out of your life. Look, if you're deciding to uh, make community hope, your church home, or deciding to give your life to Christ, or even deciding to rededicate your faith, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Uh, it's my words, but it's definitely your faith. Say, God, I thank you. For Jesus, who died for me, and you raised from the dead, that I could be saved. Please forgive me for my sins. I don't want to live that way anymore. And right now, I accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior of my life. I thank you that today I'm saved. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. I also would want to pray that someone that you're watching and you're reflecting, you're like, you know what, I, I do need some inner strength. You know what, I, I do need to get rooted in love. And I do pray for God to be glorified in my life. If that's you, I just want to pray specifically for you. God, in Jesus' name, I thank you for my friend, my loved one, person watching who really wants to do right by you. I ask God that you, God, would give them inner strength, that you, God, would root them in your love and help them to be able to understand how wide and how tall, wide and how long and how high and how deep is your love. And then, God, I ask God that even in all that you do for them that's immeasurably above all they can ask or imagine, let you be glorified in their life. I thank you, God, for what you're about to do in them and through them, that you shall get the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Community of Hope Church family, I pray that you have a blessed, blessed week. I pray that in this week God is glorified. You can give in all the ways. You see them right there, uh, Cash App and um, give dollar sign, give CLH and give LaFi and, and the links, etc. You still have time to give. But most of all, on this week, let God get the glory out of your life. Come on, y'all. Here goes the benediction. Remember, never leave before the benediction. And now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. God bless you, COH. We love you. Have a wonderful week.